0: أَعْشِمَدُ وَاللَّهِ la هَيْلَ الْلَّهُ وَهَذَا وَنَا شَرِيعَةَ لَهُ وَأَعْشِمَدُ وَالنَّبِيَّ مُحَمَّدَنَّ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman, the Malik, after reciting the Tashahud
1: in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ta'ala bin aziz stated, In the previous sermon, I mentioned the Treaty of Hudaybiyah with reference to Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu. In relation to this, we also find that when Banu Bakr, who were allies of the Quraysh, violated the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, and they attacked the Banu Khuza, who were the allies of the Muslims, And the Quraysh also provided the Banu Bakr with weapons and mounts, and disregarded the conditions of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. At that time, Abu Sufyan entered Medina in order to renegotiate the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Abu Sufyan approached the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, but the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not reply to anything he said. He then approached Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu talanhu and asked him to speak to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu said that he would not do so. Abu Sufyan then approached Hazrat Umar radiyallahu talanhu and spoke to him, and in reply, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu stated that Do you want me to present your case to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? By God, even if I merely had a straw. I would use it to fight against you.
0: <laughs>
1: Whilst mentioning the conquest of Mecca, Dr. Ali bin Salabi has written that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him reached Muru Zahran, Abu Sufyan began to worry about himself. Hazrat Abbas ta'ala, anha, the paternal uncle of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, suggested to Abu Sufyan to seek the protection of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Abbas relates that I said to Abu Sufyan that you are extremely unfortunate because look, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is now present amongst the people. Upon this, Abu Sufyan replied that may my parents be sacrificed for your sake, what can I do now to be protected from this? I replied, that by Allah, if they take hold of you, they will most certainly execute you. So ride behind me on the mule, and I will take you to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and then I will seek his protection for you. Hazrat Abbas further relates that Abu Sufyan rode behind me, and whenever I passed by a campfire of the Muslims, they would inquire who this individual was. Since it was night, therefore the fires had been lit. And when they saw me riding upon the mule of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they would say that this is the paternal uncle of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, who is riding his mule. This continued until I passed by the campfire of Umar bin Khattab. Hazrat Umar ta'ala inquired who is this and stood by my side. When he saw that it was Abu Sufyan, he said, that this is Abu Sufyan, the enemy of Allah. All praise belongs to Allah, who granted us an unconditional victory over you. Hazrat Abbas radiyallahu then dragged Abu Sufyan along with him and presented himself before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala also came and stated that, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Grant me permission to sever his head. Upon this, Hazrat Abbas r.a. stated that, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, I have granted him protection. When Hazrat Umar r.a. insisted on his stance, I stated, O Umar, wait. By Allah, if he had belonged to the tribe of Banu Adi, you would not have said such things. However, you are aware of the fact that he belongs to the Banu Abd manaf Upon this, Hazrat Umar stated that O Abbas, hold on, by Allah I was so overjoyed when you accepted Islam that I wouldn't have felt this much happiness even if my father Khattab accepted Islam, and I knew that your acceptance of Islam was dearer to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, than that of Khattab if he had done so. Thereafter, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him stated that O Abbas, take Abu Sufyan away and bring him in the morning. In any case, this conversation between Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Abbas continued. And in the end, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, told Hazrat Abbas to take him away, for he had granted him refuge. And so he should take him away and say nothing to him. Abu Bakr bin Abdul Rahman relates that in the month of Shaban 7 Hijri, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent Hazrat Umar on an expedition alongside 30 men to the branch of the Hawazin tribe in Turaba. Turaba is a valley situated at a two-day journey from Makkah, which was inhabited by the Banu Hawazin. One should note that when there is mention of two-day journey etc, it is stated in relation to the modes of transport in the past such as horses and camels. Bureda al-Aslami narrates that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, reached the battlefield of Kheber, he handed the flag to Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. With regards to mentioning the two days journey, I mean any narration that has reference to the journey in days. In the books of history it is written that the very first mention of a large flag being used was during the Battle of Khaybar. Prior to that, there was only use of small flags. It was being mentioned that Buraida al Aslami narrates that when the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him reached the battlefield of Khaybar, he handed the flag to Hazrat Umar bin Khattab Then there are further details of this in the Books of History. It is mentioned that the very first mention of a large flag being used was during the Battle of Khaybar. And prior to that, there was only use of small flags. The flag of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, which was made from a cloth of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, was black and it was named Uqab. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also had a white flag which he handed to Hazrat Ali. Ta'ala anhu. Thus, there was mention previously of a black flag, which was made from a cloth of Hazrat Aisha, ta'ala anha, and then there is mention of this white flag, which was given to Hazrat Ali. Ta'ala anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also handed one of the flags to Hazrat Hubab bin Munzir and the other to Hazrat Saab bin Ubada. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, reached Khaybar, he was suffering from a severe headache and was unable to go out. On this occasion, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, initially handed his flag to Hazrat Abu Bakr, ta'ala anhu, and then he handed the same flag to Hazrat Umar. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. That day, a fierce battle ensued, and the Muslims were unable to penetrate the fortress. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that tomorrow I shall grant my flag to the one through whom Allah the Almighty shall grant us victory. Therefore, the following day, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, gave that flag okay. to Hazrat Ali <laughs> and it was through him that Allah Almighty did indeed grant them victory. ibn Ishaq states I asked ibn Shihab Zuhri what were the conditions with which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave the dates fields of Khabar to the Jews. Upon this, Zohri replied that after the battle, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gained victory over Khabar, and Khabar itself was among the spoils of war which Allah the Almighty granted to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. A fifth of this belonged to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which he distributed among his companions. He further narrated that the Jews who were prepared to be expelled from their lands after the battle came down from their fortresses. And the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, called them and stated that if you so wish, this wealth can be given to you but upon the condition that you work therein and distribute its fruits between us and yourselves. Thus, there will be a division of the produce and if you so wish to remain here, then I shall grant you a place to stay where Allah the Almighty wills for you to stay. And so the Jews accepted this offer and continued working in these fields. And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would send Hazrat Abdullah bin Rawah to distribute the fruits from these fields. And he would do so in a very just and fair manner when assessing how much share would be given to the Jews. It was not the case that he would keep the good fruit for the Muslims. Rather, the division would be in accordance with justice. And when God Almighty decreed for the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr continued the same treatment with the Jews that was given by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And in the beginning of his Khilafat, Hazrat Umar also continued this treatment, but then he heard what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said in his final illness before his demise, that two religions will not coexist in the Arab lands. Hazrat Umar r.a. investigated this further, and it was proven true. He wrote to the Jews of Khaybar, stating, That God Almighty has decreed for you to be expelled, and I received news that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, that two religions would not coexist in the Arab lands. Hence, those Jews who had an agreement with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, should come to me so that I may fulfill it. But those who do not have an agreement shall prepare to be exiled. In other words, if anyone had an agreement with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, they could remain and he would fulfill that for them. But if anyone did not have such an oath or an agreement, then they would have to leave their land. Therefore, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala who exiled those who had no agreement with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar states that I went with Hazrat Zubair bin al-Awam and Hazrat Miqdad bin Aswad to see our property in Khaybar. When we reached, we split up in order to go and see our respective properties. In the night, I was attacked whilst I was asleep and my joints at the elbows were dislocated. The next morning, two companions of mine came screaming as they approached me and they asked that who did this to me. I replied by telling them that I did not know. They both then tried fixing my arms and brought me to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that this was the work of the Jews. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then stood to address the people stating O people, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stipulated a condition with the Jews that we would exile them whenever we please. Now the Jews have attacked Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar and dislocated the joints of his elbows, as you will now have come to know. And prior to this, they had also attacked Ansari, and I have no doubt that these people are their accomplices. We have no enemy other than them, so if anyone has any wealth there, they should safeguard it, for I am about to expel the Jews from there. Hazrat Umar radiyallahu الله then expel the Jews. Abdullah bin Maknaf relates that when Hazrat Umar radiyallahu الله expelled the Jews from Khaybar, he himself rode with the Muhajireen and the Ansar. And Hazrat Jabbar bin Sakhar and Hazrat Yazid bin Sabit also accompanied them as they went forth. Hazrat Jabbar was the one who assessed the fruits for the people of Medina and was responsible for keeping the account for them. Both of them divided the fruits between the people of Kheber according to the way it was previously said. Then there is the incident of Hazrat Hatib who secretly sent a woman with a letter to the idolaters of Makkah which contained some plans of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet peace be upon him received news of this from Allah the Almighty and so he sent Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu to retrieve it. That lady was intercepted along the way and afterwards when the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him asked Hatib as to why he had done this. Hatib presented his reason and then said that his faith had not faltered at all. In fact, he had firm faith. Hazrat Hatib assured the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him of this, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, accepted it. However, Hazrat Umar submitted, that, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, allow me to sever the head of this hypocrite. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that he, Ayhatib, took part in the battle of Badr, And you may not be aware of the fact that Allah has looked upon those who took part in Badr and stated that you may do as you please, for I have covered your sins and overlooked them. (laughs) Then there is another incident which does not directly relate to Hazrat Umar but he is also mentioned in it and so I will relate it. (laughs) Hazrat Abu Qutada stated that during the Battle of Hunayn, I saw a person from among the Muslims who was fighting against an idolater. And in the meantime, I saw another idolater quickly creeping up from behind him in an attempt to kill him. And so, upon seeing this, I quickly went towards that person who wished to kill the Muslim in this deceiving manner. The individual raised his hand to attack me, and I struck a blow to his hand, thus cutting it off. He then got hold of me and grabbed me so tightly that I was unable to do anything. But finally he let go and was standing unsteadily and I pushed him away and killed him. It so happened that the Muslims retreated as they were losing and I was also among those who retreated. I then saw Hazrat Umar bin Khattab with a group of people and I asked them why they had retreated. To which Hazrat Umar replied that it was as Allah willed. People then returned to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that whoever could prove that they had killed a certain individual, then they could keep that person's belongings. I stood up to look for proof about the person I had killed, but could not find anyone who could give testimony, and so I gave up and sat down. Then a thought came to mind, and I mentioned the entire incident regarding the person I had killed to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. One of the people who was sitting next to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that he had the weapons of the person I had killed and that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, should give me something else instead. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that it could not be that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, grants spoils to an ordinary person from the Quraysh and does not do the same for a Lion of Allah who was fighting on behalf of Allah and His Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Abu Qutada further states, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stood up and granted me those spoils of war, and I used them to buy a small orchard of date trees, and this was the first time since having accepted Islam that I acquired some wealth and turned it into an asset. (collectiveonsieur) Hazrat Ibn (offspecial) Umar (threat) relates, that when we returned from the battle of Hunain, Hazrat Umar ta'ala, who asked the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, about a promise he had made with himself during the period of Jahiliyyah, i.e., the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam, and this promise was to undertake Ettaqaf, i.e., a period of seclusion. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed that he should fulfil this promise even if it was made during the era of ignorance, but this was also with the condition that it was necessary to fulfil whatever was permissible to do within the teachings of Islam. Then with regards to what is mentioned regarding Hazrat Umar's role in the battle of the book, Hazrat Umar narrates an incident of his from the time of this battle, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, made a special appeal for financial contributions. Hazrat Umar states, that one day the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed us to offer Sadaqah, I had some wealth at the time and I thought that if ever there was an opportunity to surpass Hazrat Abu Bakr, it was today. Hence, I presented half of my wealth. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked what I had left behind for my family. And I said that I had left an equal amount to what I had presented. Then, Hazrat Abu Bakr (the Allah ta'ala presented all the wealth that he had. I had only presented half while Hazrat Abu Bakr (the Allah ta'ala brought all that he had. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also asked him what he had left behind for his family, to which Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that he had left them Allah and his Messenger. Hazrat Umar says that I thought that I would never be able to surpass Hazrat Abu Bakr in anything. Hazrat Musleh Maud has also mentioned this incident in the following words. He writes that with regards to the occasion of one battle, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala states that I thought to myself that Hazrat Abu Bakr always exceeded me. However, today I would surpass him. And with this in mind, I went home and took half of my wealth and presented it to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. That era of Islam was one of great difficulties. And yet Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala brought all his wealth and presented it to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked Hazrat Abu Bakr what he had left at home. To which he replied, Allah and his messenger. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala states, that upon hearing this I became extremely embarrassed and understood that even after trying my utmost to surpass Hazrat Abu Bakr, he still exceeded me. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam states, that there was a time when people were ready to sacrifice their lives like cattle, let alone their wealth, for the sake of their faith. On more than one occasion, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq sacrificed his entire wealth. The Promised Messiah states that this did not only just happen once, rather it happened on more than one occasion. The Promised Messiah then continues that to the extent that he did not let so much as a needle remain in his home, and the same was done by Hazrat Umar according to his capacity and means, and Hazrat Usman according to his ability and means. And in the same manner, and according to their spiritual ranks, all the companions were prepared to sacrifice their lives and wealth for the sake of this divine faith. The Promised Messiah then makes mention of certain people of the community at the time, and states that then there are those who pledge allegiance and also declare that they give precedence to the faith over the world. But when the need for help arises, they seal their pockets. With such love for the world, Is it possible for one to attain any spiritual objective? And can such people prove useful to the Prophet? Certainly not. Allah the Almighty states (laughs) That is, that never shall you attain to righteousness until you spend out of that which you love. Then, with regards to Hazrat Umar Umar's reaction when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, Hazrat Ibn Abbas narrates that as the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was drawing near, there were some people gathered at his home, including Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, that, come, let me write something down for you, after which you will never go astray. This took place in the final days of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him,'s illness. But upon this, Hazrat Umar said to the people who were present at the time, That the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is extremely ill, and you have the Quran, the Book of Allah, which is sufficient for you. The others present in the home did not agree with this and objected, and so they began to disagree with one another. Some said that a paper and pen should be brought so that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could write something down and so that they would not go astray. And then there were others who agreed with Hazrat Umar radiya ta'ala and stated that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, should not be caused any difficulty. As this conversation continued and they continued to disagree with one another, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed them to leave. This narration is from Sahih Muslim and there is also some detail of this in Sahih Bukhari as well. In that narration, Ubaidullah bin Abdullah narrates on account of Hazrat Ibn Abbas ta'ala, who stated that when the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him was severely ill, he said that he should be given something to write so that he may write something which would never be forgotten. Hazrat Umar said to those present that the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him was extremely ill and that we have the Book of Allah meaning that they had the Holy Qur'an, which is sufficient, and thus there was no need to trouble the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Following this, a disagreement arose, and the noise became loud. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed them all to leave, and that people should not quarrel around him. Upon this, Hazrat Ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhu left, and he used to say that the greatest loss of it all was that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was hindered from writing something. I will briefly mention what has been written in the commentary of this hadith by Hazrat Sayyid Zainul Abideen Waliullah Shah Sahib. He writes that Allah tazillu that is, after which you will not go astray. These words of the hadith clearly show that even in his final moments, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him was concerned about La tazillu baada, that is, in case they forget, he would write something down for them. Zilalun can also mean to forget, or to go astray as a result of forgetfulness. And the words, that is, that he was overcome by illness, lest his discomfort should increase. These were the words of Hazrat Umar Regarding the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Shah Sahib says that Hazrat Umar the Allah did not even fathom the Holy Prophet peace be upon him's demise. When Hazrat Umar the Allah stated that we have the Book of Allah that is sufficient for us, he said it because Allah the Almighty states, "Ma Farratna fil kitabe min Shay'in," that we have left out nothing in the Book. This is from Surah An'am. And then elsewhere in the Holy Quran it states, "Tibyanan li kulli that is to explain everything. In other words, this book clearly explains everything, and nothing has been left out. Shah Sahib then further writes, that some of those who were extremely emotional at the time, like Hazrat Umar the they said that at such a time the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him should not be caused any trouble, whilst others said that his command should be followed, and a pen and an ink should be brought. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed them to leave when they began to disagree amongst each other. And he stated that, do not make noise around me. This shows that even in the condition of his illness, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had such a great deal of respect and honour for the Book of Allah that after hearing Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala saying this, he no longer asked for a pen or an ink or a paper to be brought. And as is evident from other narrations in Bukhari, The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, remained alive after this incident for a few days, and on that same day he also gave a few other advices as well. However, he did not repeat this, meaning he did not ask for this again, and this shows that whatever he had wished to write down was present in the Book of Allah. And it seems that he wished to urge Muslims to remain attached to the Holy Qur'an, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, agreed with Hazrat Umar and thus remained quiet. This is the level of respect shown by the Holy Prophet which the so-called Muslim scholars have no concern for. Shah I further writes that it was the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him,'s respect for the Holy Qur'an that these so-called scholars show no regard for. They express one opinion and deem it to be akin to divine revelation. We should never forget the pure and noble example of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In comparison to the Book of Allah, everything else is worthless. Urwa bin Zubair has narrated on the authority of Umm al-Mumineen, Hazrat Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha, that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anha was in Sunnah. Sunnah was a place situated two miles from Medina. And Ismail states that he was in the outskirts of Medina. When Hazrat Umar heard this news, he stood up. At the time of the Holy Prophet's demise, he had gone to the environs of Medina. But when Hazrat Umar heard the news of the demise of the Holy Prophet, he stood up and said that by Allah, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, has not passed away. Hazrat Aisha says that Hazrat Umar would often say that by God, deep down, I thought, Ali Hazat Umar thought that Allah the Almighty would certainly raise the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, so that some people's hands and feet would be cut. In the meantime, Hazrat Abu Bakr came, and Hazrat Umar was not ready to accept that the Holy Prophet had passed away, and he had said that the Holy Prophet would be given life again. During this time, Hazrat Abu Bakr arrived. He removed the cloth from the face of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and kissed it, and then said that may my mother and father be sacrificed for you, You were pure in this life, and when death has overtaken you. I swear by him, in whose hands is my life, that Allah will never allow two deaths to overcome you." And upon saying this, he went outside to where the people were, and then stated, that, wait a moment, O ye who is making vows in God's name. In other words, he addressed Hazrat Umar and stated, that, wait a moment, O ye who is making vows in God's name. When Hazrat Abu Bakr began speaking, Hazrat Umar sat down, Hazrat Abu Bakr then praised and glorified Allah, the Almighty, and then stated, Allah <laughs> man kana ya'budu Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa fa inna Muhammadan qad mata kana ya'budu fa inna That is, whosoever worshipped Muhammad should know that Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has indeed passed away. And whosoever worshipped Allah should remember that he is living, and can never die. <inaudible> Hazrat Abu <inaudible> <inaudible> Bakr then recited the verse: "Inna ka mayyitun wa inna mayyitun, surely you will die, and surely they too will die. He then recited the following verse: that is, and Muhammad is only a messenger. Verily, all messengers have passed away before him. If then he die or be slain, will you turn back on your heels? And he who turns back on his heels shall not harm Allah at all, and Allah will certainly reward the grateful. Suleiman states, that upon hearing this, people began to weep so profusely that they began to have hiccups. (inaudible) Hazrat (inaudible) ibn Abbas states, that by Allah, when Hazrat Abu Bakr recited the aforementioned verse, it seemed as if the people were not even aware that such a verse had been revealed by God. And it was as if everyone had learned this verse from him. Thereafter, wherever I would go, I would hear this verse being recited. Zori states that Sayyid bin Musayyib told me that Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu stated that by Allah, when I heard Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu recite this verse, I became so nervous out of fear that my legs would not support my weight and I fell to the ground. And when I heard Hazrat Abu Bakr recite this verse, I knew that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has passed away. On one occasion, The Promised Messiah stated, and quoted the Arabic wording of the hadith as well. But at present I will read only the translation. But when the sermon is later published, the words of the hadith can also be published. The Promised Messiah states that Ibn Abbas narrates that on the day of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him,'s demise, Hazrat Abu Bakr went outside and Hazrat Umar was speaking to some people. In other words, saying that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had not passed away and was in fact alive. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr said, O Umar, sit down. But Umar refused to sit down. Thus, people turned their attention to Abu Bakr and moved away from Umar. Hazrat Abu Bakr praised and glorified Allah the Almighty and then stated that whosoever worshiped Muhammad, peace be upon him, should know that Muhammad, peace be upon him, has indeed passed away. And whosoever worshiped Allah, should know that he is living and can never die. And proof of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's demise, is that God has stated that Muhammad was but a messenger. All messengers before him have passed away. In other words, they have died. And then he recited the verse up to a shakirin The Promised Messiah then further states that the narrator states that before that time it was as if the people were unaware that God had even revealed such a verse and it seemed as if they heard it for the first time when Hazrat Abu Bakr recited it to them. Thus all the companions learnt the meaning of this verse from Abu Bakr and there was no companion or other person who did not recite this verse. Hazrat Umar said that by God I heard this verse for the first time from Hazrat Abu Bakr and when I heard him recite this verse I was moved and pained to such an extent that my legs were unable to carry my own weight, and I fell to the ground as soon as I heard this verse recited and heard the words that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had passed away. The Promised Messiah further states, in Kastalani's commentary of Sahih Bukhari, it is written, that Umar ibn al-Khattab يُقَلِّمُ النَّاسَ يَقُولُ لَهُمْ مَا مَاطَى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَلَا يَمُوتُ حَتَّى يَقْتُلَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ In other words, Hazrat Umar would tell the people that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had not passed away and that he could not pass away until he had killed the hypocrites. The Promised Messiah والسلام, in further states, in Milal Wal by Shahrastani, The following extract is mentioned regarding this incident, and I will read the translation, that Umar khattab used to say, that whoever says that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has passed away, I will kill him with this sword of mine. In fact, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has been raised to the heavens, just like Jesus, son of Mary. Abu Bakr said that whosoever worshiped Muhammad, peace be upon him, should know that Muhammad, peace be upon him, has indeed passed away, and whosoever worshipped the God of Muhammad, peace be upon him, should know that he is living and can never die. In other words, to live forever and remain is an attribute of God alone, and no human or animal before this ever lived forever, that one would assume that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, will survive for eternity. It could not be assumed that they would be eternal, because they all pass away. Hazrat Abu Bakradi Allah then recited the following verse, the translation of which is and Muhammad is only a messenger. Verily all messengers have passed away before him. If then he die or be slain, will you turn back on your heels? Only after hearing this verse did the people abandon this concept. Now ponder that if from this verse of the Qur'an Hazrat Abu Bakr did not believe that all Prophets had passed away and furthermore if this proof was not absolutely conclusive Then why is it that a hundred thousand companions who were present at the time according to you The promised Messiah is answering the questioner. Then why is it that a hundred thousand companions who were present at the time according to you accepted something as an argument that was doubtful and inconclusive? Why was this argument not put forth to Hazrat Abu Bakr that the proof that you have given is inconclusive and that you don't possess any absolute or clear verse of the Qur'an? They would have further said that in fact the verse Rafiuka Ilaya states that Prophet Jesus was raised to the heavens with his physical body. And also have you not heard of the verse Bal Rafa Allah? Therefore, why is it a far fetched notion that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could be raised physically to the heavens? But on the contrary, the companions who possess knowledge of the expressions of the Holy Quran, upon hearing this verse and the words Khalat and the explanation of the words of i Mata or immediately abandoned their initial beliefs of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, being alive. Indeed, their hearts grieved deeply at the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and they were immensely saddened and pained. Hazrat, Hazrat Umar stated that after hearing this verse, my state was such that I could not move a muscle and fell to the ground. Glory be to Allah! How fortunate were these individuals who obeyed the Qur'an to the letter and when they pondered over the verse and understood that all Prophets before had passed away, then aside from crying and weeping over their grief, they did nothing else. Then on another occasion, the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu stated that from the following words of Hazrat Umar anhu, that whoever says that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has passed away, I would kill them with this sword of mine, it is evident that that Hazrat Umar had a mistaken view regarding the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would not die. And he claimed that if anyone said that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had passed away, then such a person had exhibited disbelief and had become an apostate. The Promised Messiah further states, and may Allah the Almighty bestow countless blessings on Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala, anhu, as he was able to swiftly quell the strife and by presenting a clear and unambiguous verse of the Qur'an which declared that all the previous Prophets had passed away. In fact, this elucidation and consensus of the Companions put an end to many false claimants during the Fajr i.e. the era of darkness and misguidance. And just as he, Ayyazat Abu Bakr, had Musalma, Kazab and Aswad Ansi etc. killed, through this consensus of all the companions, he also finished off the false claimants during the Fajr average. In other words, just as he killed a false claimant, he also finished off this false belief. And thus, he did not kill four false claimants, rather he killed five, as it were. The promised Messiah then states that O oh Allah, shower countless blessings upon him if the meaning of khalat meant that some Prophets were raised physically to the heavens, then in such an instance, Hazrat Umar ta'ala'anhu would have been correct. And instead of proving him wrong, this verse would have supported his viewpoint. However, the next part of the verse explains its meaning. That is, afa'im mata aw kutila, which Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala'anhu recognized. And through this he explained that to believe this verse to mean that all Prophets passed before either through death or whilst alive, is a deceptive notion and a transposition and a great calumny against that which was intended by God. And only those people can intentionally fabricate this, who have no fear of the day of reckoning, and actively change the meanings intended by Allah the Almighty. And they will undoubtedly suffer from the eternal curse of God. But until this time, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was unaware of this verse. And some other companions were also under a similar misconception. And this error on their part was due to the decreed frailties of man. They believed that some prophets were alive and would return to the world. Therefore, why then would the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, not be included amongst them? But by reading the remainder of this verse, that is, Mata Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala ensured that they understood that the word khalat is exhibited through two aspects, that is, natural death or through being killed. It was then that those of an opposing view accepted their mistakes and all of the companions unanimously accepted that all previous prophets have passed away and the words of Mata al-Qutila affected them greatly and everyone abandoned their beliefs contrary to this. All praise is due to Allah for this. The promised Messiah has mentioned this in his book Tawfa In another place, the promised Messiah states that on the occasion of the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, all of the companions testified that all prophets had passed away. In regards to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Umar stated that he has not passed away and stood up with his sword drawn out. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq then stood up and stated, Ma Muhammadun illa rasul qad Khalat min qablir rusul Muhammad is only a messenger verily all messengers have passed away before him The situation at the time was akin to the end of times as the holy prophet peace be upon him had departed from this world and all the companions were gathered together and even the army of Osama did not leave Upon these words of Hazrat Umar Hazrat Abu Bakr loudly proclaimed that Muhammad has passed away and the argument he presented was Ma Muhammadun illa Rasul, the Muhammad is only a messenger. Now, if even the slightest notion of Jesus being alive in the heaven was entertained by the companions, they would have certainly spoken up. However, they all remained silent, and then they went into the marketplaces and announced this verse as if it had just been revealed that very day. God forbid! The companions were not such that would become overawed by Hazrat Abu Bakr, the Allah Ta'ala and would not refute what he had said. This was certainly not the case. Rather, what Hazrat Abu Bakr stated was indeed the truth. Hence, everyone lowered their heads. And this was the ijma of the companions. Hazrat Umar ta'ala also claimed at the time that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was going to return. Thus, if this argument put forward by Hazrat Abu Bakr was not a perfect one, and this could only be perfect if there was no exception, because had Jesus ascended into the heavens alive, then he would have had to return. In such a case, it would not have been an argument, rather a mockery, and Hazrat Umar himself would have refuted this. The Promised Messiah has repeatedly mentioned this incident in various instances, and the reason why I have narrated these various accounts is that those who entertain the belief that Jesus, to be alive in the heavens, can remove such a thought from their minds, because no mortal being has ever ascended into the heavens alive, and nor can they ever go. And by virtue of this argument, Jesus has also passed away. Hazrat ibn Abbas <laughs> ta'ala anhu narrates that once during the era of Hazrat Umar's Khilafat, I was walking along with him whilst he was going to tend to some work of his. There was no one else with him at the time besides me, and he was holding a whip in his hand, and Hazrat Umar would be saying something to himself and would repeatedly strike the back of his feet with the whip. Hazrat Umar then turned towards me and stated, O oh Ibn Abbas, Upon the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, do you know why I said that the Holy Prophet had not passed away and that whoever stated that he had passed away, I would kill him with my sword? Hazrat Ibn Abbas narrates that I said, O leader of the faithful, I do not know, only you are aware as to why you said that. Upon this, Hazrat Umar radiAllahu ta'ala anhu stated, Uh, by God, the reason why I said that was because I would read the following verse. That is, and thus have we made you an exalted nation that you may be guardians over men and the messenger of God may be a guardian over you radiallahu Umar says that by God I believe that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would remain alive among his ummah as a guardian over their deeds. Thus, it was for this reason that I said this on that day. In relation to Hazrat Abu Bakr, there is a narration mentioned in Bukhari, which has previously been narrated as well, but I shall mention it again. The Ansar came to the house of the Bani Saida and gathered around Hazrat Saad bin Ubada, and they claimed that one leader should be appointed from among the Ansar and one from among the Muhajireen. Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar bin Al-Khattab and Hazrat Abu Uba'dah bin Jarrah went to see them. Just as Hazrat Umar was about to say something, Hazrat Abu Bakr told him to remain silent. Hazrat Umar used to say that by Allah, I had prepared such a speech to read out that day which I was greatly pleased with, and I feared that perhaps Hazrat Abu Bakr would not be able to express it as effectively. In other words, he would not be able to say it in the same manner. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr delivered his speech and spoke in such a manner that no one could have expressed themselves in a more eloquent manner than him. During his speech, he stated that we are the Amirs, or the leaders, and you are the viziers. In other words, he said that the Ansar were viziers, Upon hearing this, Hubab bin Munza stated that certainly not. By God, we will never allow for this to happen. There shall be one leader from among you and one from among us. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that no, we are the Amirs and you are the Viziers. For the Quraysh, according to their lineage and tribe, have always occupied a higher status amongst the Arabs. And it has always been this way. Therefore, you must take the bath of either Umar or Abu Ubada." Upon this, Hazrat Umar responded, that no, we will only take your bath. Are you referring to Hazrat Abu Bakr, because you are our leader, you are the best among us, and the most beloved of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, out of us all. After saying this, Hazrat Umar held the hand of Hazrat Abu Bakr and performed the bath. Thereafter, everyone else followed and performed the bath at the hands of Hazrat Abu Bakr. When Hazrat Umar held the hand of Hazrat Abu Bakr and asked him to take their bath, Hazrat Umar also performed the bath at his hands, and stated, "O oh Abu Bakr." The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had instructed you to lead the prayers. Therefore, you are the Khalifa of Allah. We perform the bath at your hands. And amongst all of us, you were the most beloved to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In regards to the disorder created by the apostates, it is written in his Ibn Hisham that when the Holy Prophet passed away, the troubles greatly increased. He states that he came across a narration in which Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha stated, that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, some of the Arabs became apostates, and the Jews and the Christians began to rise up, and the hypocrisy became evident. This was stated by Ibn Ishaq. Hazrat Abu Hurairah relates that after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr became the Khalifa, and amongst the Arabs, some began to reject the religion of Islam. Upon this, Hazrat Umar stated to Hazrat Abu Bakr that how will you fight against these people because the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had stated that I have been commanded to fight against them until they proclaim that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. In other words, one cannot fight against those who proclaim the Kalimah. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, further stated that whosoever recites this, his life and wealth shall be protected unless there is a lawful reason not to protect it. And the matter of such people will rest with Allah. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that by Allah whoever distinguishes between the Salat and Zakat or he abandons the Zakat, I shall fight against him because paying the Zakat on one's wealth is an obligation. And by God if they refuse to give me even the rope that they tied the legs of their animals with which they previously used to give to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him then I shall fight against them if they refuse. Hazrat Umar states that by God I had seen that it was God Almighty who had granted him the courage to fight and I understood that this indeed was the truth. Then, upon the departure of Hazrat Usama bin Zaid's army, Hazrat Abu Bakr called for Hazrat Usama and gave him some instructions. Hazrat Usama was mounted on his animal while Hazrat Abu Bakr was walking along with him. Hazrat Usama requested Hazrat Abu Bakr to ride on the animal, otherwise he would come off. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated, I do not come off your ride. By God, I will not mount the animal. He then said that what has happened to me that I cannot allow dust to cover my feet in the way of God because every step taken by one who steps out for battle is equal to the reward of 700 deeds and his rank is elevated 700 times and 700 sins of his are forgiven." Then after imparting his instructions to him, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated to Hazrat Usama, that if you deem it appropriate, help me through Umar. In other words, Hazrat Abu Bakr requested Hazrat Usama to leave Hazrat Umar behind with him because the Holy Prophet had originally included Hazrat Umar in the army Subsequently, Hazrat Usama accepted this request. During the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr, 70 who Qur'an, i.e. those who had committed the entire Qur'an to memory, were martyred during the Battle of Yamama. In regards to this, Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit Ansari relates that upon the martyrdom of the Muslims at Yamama, Hazrat Abu Bakr called for him. At the time, Hazrat Umar was with Hazrat Abu Bakr, and Hazrat Abu Bakr stated, that Umar has come to me and informed me that many people have been martyred in the battle of Yamamah and he has expressed his concern lest more qaris i.e. reciters of the Holy Qur'an, pass away owing to the battles and in this way a large part of the Holy Qur'an will be lost unless we collate all the manuscripts of the Qur'an in one place. He suggests that I should gather these various manuscripts in one place. Hazrat Abu Bakr then stated, I told Umar that how can I do something which the Holy Prophet did not do himself. However, Umar has stated that by God, this action of yours is a very noble deed. Umar continuously said this to me until Allah the Almighty has granted my heart contentment to carry out this work. And now I deem what Umar said to be the most appropriate course of action. At the time, Hazrat Umar was sat next to him and was completely silent. Hazrat Abu Bakr then said to Hazrat Zaid bin Sabid, you are very young and wise man and we don't find any ill in you. You used to write down the revelations that the Holy Prophet would receive. Therefore, wherever you find the manuscripts of the Holy Qur'an, you should gather them in one place. Hazrat Zaid stated that by Allah, if he had asked me to move a mountain from one place to another, I would have found that easier than this task which he had commanded me to carry out. In other words, to collate the various manuscripts of the Holy Qur'an in one place. I then said to them, How can you two carry out such a task which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not do himself? Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that by Allah this is a noble deed. Hazrat Zahid bin Sabit stated that I kept asking them this question until Allah the Almighty granted my heart contentment to carry out this task as he had granted to Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar. I then stood up to go and search for the various manuscripts of the Qur'an and I began to gather these which were inscribed on parchments made from animal skin the shoulder bones of the animals, and the branches of the date palm trees, as well as that which was memorized by people. And there were two verses of Surah Tauba which I found only with Hazrat Huzayma Ansari, and no one else had these verses with them. These verses are as follows. That is, surely a messenger has come unto you from among yourselves, Grievous to him is that you should fall into trouble. He is ardently desirous of your welfare. And to the believers, he is compassionate and merciful. In this narration, only this verse has been written. However, the hadith mentions that there were two verses. Perhaps the other verse was the one that follows after this verse. Then it is mentioned that these manuscripts of the entire Quran remained in the possession of Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu until his demise. And then they were in the possession of Hazrat Umar until his demise. And then they were in the possession of Hazrat Hafsa bint Umar. And then they were given to Hazrat Usman as mentioned once before. And inshallah these accounts will continue to be narrated in future.
0: Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, nahmadu wa nahsteyna huwa nahstaghfiru wa nahominu bi wa nahawakkalu waleh wa nahawzubilah min shururu anfusina wa min seyyyatia malina. Man yadi illahu fa la mudillahu. ومن يضلل انه فلا هادي ونشهد الله لا اله الا الله ونشهد ان محمدا مبعثه رسول عباد الله ارحمكم الله ان الله Mehta is the Qur'an, we are the ones who are the ones